thanks for checking out this message from Springmount Church. For more information about us and what we do, visit our website, springmount.church. Why not check out all the different groups that run throughout each week in Barrow and on Walney? And join us every Sunday from 11am at Salt House Pavilion in Barrow Infernos. If you would like us as a church to pray for you, please email prayer at springmount.church or sign up on our website for monthly news straight to your inbox. Super. Fantastic. Great. Well, we've been going through a new series. Dan last week, if you watched online, was really silent. Um, Hopefully we're on this week. But uh, yeah, Dan was great. It was great for him to step in. I don't really know what he said. So uh, I've, I've had his questions and stuff, but I believe he was really good. Um, but we're going to carry on with um, the, the Sermon on the Mount. It's Mountain Message. So what we're going to talk about over the few weeks is what Jesus taught. So if you're offended, you're offended with Jesus. Okay, so that's the first thing I need to do. That's my disclaimer. If you're offended by anything I say, then actually Jesus said it. Okay. Let me ask you a question. What goes through your mind most of the week? If if I was to seize one thought in my mind, what goes through... I'm not asking you to share it, okay? Okay, but what goes through your mind? What thought do you regularly have? Or where do you find your thoughts regularly wandering to? Because Jesus and the Bible has a lot to say about our thoughts. And the Sermon on the Mount pulls no punches. There's a saying that goes, watch your thoughts, because thoughts become words. Watch your words, because they become actions. Watch your actions, because they become habits. Watch your habits, because they become character. And watch your character, because that is your destiny. Where did it start? It started with thoughts. It starts here and here. It doesn't start in the action. It starts here and here. What are you thinking right now? If I could see your thoughts, would I be thinking, oh, I wish Johnny would shut up and get on. I'd like to go home. My dinner's nearly ready. What, What are your thoughts right now? I don't know. But the Bible has a lot to say about it because it is the main battlefield of the enemy. It is the main place where we start to lose the fight if we're not careful. Whatever's going on in our thought life is really important. Nobody gets up in the morning and thinks, I'll have an affair today. It starts with a thought. Then it starts with a flirt. Then it starts with conversation. Then it starts with time. Then it becomes something else. But it starts in our thoughts. It starts in our heads. No, it comes from our hearts gradually being changed towards the wrong thing. Matthew chapter 9, verses 1 to 8 Jesus stepped into a boat, crossed over and came to his own town. Some men brought to him a paralysed man lying on a mat. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the man, Take heart, son, your sins are forgiven. At this, some of the teachers of the law said to themselves, This fellow is blaspheming. Verse 4, Knowing their thoughts, Jesus said, Why do you entertain evil thoughts in your hearts? We can't hide from God. Why do you entertain evil thoughts in your heart? Russell entertained some of the blokes last night at the meal, okay? He entertained them. In other words, he had them round to stay for a while. When we entertain thoughts, we're having them round to stay for a while. And if we're not careful, they stop just being visitors and lodgers. They become tenants. 
stop entertaining those things. You know, if you let a bird land on your head, it will make a nest if you let it stay there, apart from on mine. You know, my mum and dad once, I think, told me the story of a flight they were on, not so long ago, actually. And they came in to land at the airport and the conditions were so bad at the airport, the wind and everything else, that the plane touched down and then had to take off again. Now, I would be terrified in that circumstance. But actually, that's maybe how we need to think about our thoughts, that when those planes come into land, we don't allow them to. We don't allow them. Let the condition of our minds be such that they cannot take a landing spot and then taxi to the terminal. Because once it's terminal, it's going to kill us. Don't allow the thought to land. As soon as you recognise it coming, say, no, no, no. Take it captive. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5 says this, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought and make it obedient to God. So every thought, does it obey God? Every time something's going on in here, does it recognise who God is? Take every thought captive. So as we carry on with the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus starts the section we're going to look at today by addressing the law. Who likes rules? <laughs> yeah, old oh, Faye loves rules. That's probably yeah, very true. You like rules, Joel. Well, I will see. Matthew chapter 5, verses 17 to 20. I'm just going to read this in chunks, okay? So there's three chunks we're going to look at today. That was probably my nickname at school, chunks. Uh, but anyway, it wasn't really. <laughs> that's one of those moments where my head goes somewhere and thinks that's quite funny. But anyway, okay, do not think that I have, this is Jesus speaking. Do not think I have come to abolish the law of the prophets. In other words, I've not come to get rid of the rules. I've not come to get rid of the law. I've come to fulfil them. For truly I tell you, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. In other words, the law actually, Jesus is saying, I back it up. I back it up. The law you've heard in the Old Testament, Israel, I back it up. And Jesus is talking to us as the new way, as the Christians. Therefore, anyone who sets aside one of the least of these commands and teaches others accordingly will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever practices and teaches these commands will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. So Jesus here is talking about the law. He says, I've not come to get rid of it. But the people who are teaching you it are teaching it a bit wrong. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law, they'd started to twist things. They'd started to make it either harder for everybody or easier for themselves. They'd started to restrict things. They'd started to put walls around things, but they'd also started to see if they could get away with things. Jesus didn't come to change the law. He came to fulfill it. In the Old Testament, if you followed the law, that was how you would be right before God. But actually, it was difficult because we're human and we're not good at rules and laws, are we? Or is it just me? No, we're not good at rules and laws. You know, Jesus didn't come to get rid of it. He came to complete it. In other words, we can't get right on our own. The law is good because it makes us pure. It says, be holy as God is holy, yeah, in the Bible. Being holy means being set apart, being right. So the law has the ability to make us more like Jesus. 
because we follow that character and the thoughts become all those things becoming character, yeah? So the law can affect our character. If we follow the rules, we'll be a person of good standing, yeah? Is that correct? Yeah, thank you. Come on. Yes, Johnny. Yeah? Anyway, okay. If we follow the rules, we'll be a person of good standing. But that doesn't mean we're right with God. Because Jesus came to make us right with God. That's what this is about. But Jesus is saying, the law still applies. And that's why he's beginning this. He's actually talking to the Pharisees as well because they were putting extra burdens on. They were twisting the law for their own means. They restricted it and extended other bits. And through this passage that we're going to read, there's six of these. We're going to look at two today. But there's six of them in total. It says, you have heard it said. But I say what Jesus said. You have heard it said. In other words, by who's been teaching you. You've heard it said. But I say, yeah? So we're going to look at two of those. So I could give you an example. You have heard it said that Johnny likes Biscoff, okay? Yeah? But you know what? I don't just like the biscuits. The biscuits are all right, okay? It's the spread, okay? So you have heard it said that Johnny likes Biscoff, but I tell you, just the jars, okay? So that's a sort of example. You know, you've heard it said that if you're driving your car... You can go 10% faster than the speed limit. Is that right? There's this rule, unwritten, because there is error in technology, believe it or not. There is error in machinery. So sometimes your car might say it's going at 70 miles an hour. But it could be going at 67 miles an hour. Or it could be going at 73 miles an hour. The police speed camera might not be absolutely accurate. So there's this thing that says... There's a 10% error in the technology. But the Pharisees were saying this, well, I can go 10% faster. You can't. If your car's going at 73 when it says 70, and you go 10% faster, you're going over the speed limit of the 10%. The 10% is purely there as a fail-safe. Do you understand? Yeah? So you've heard it said that you can go 10% faster. No, you can't. Because the law says (laughs) you've got to go at the speed limit. (laughs) <laughs> sorry, I'm just, sorry, Joel. I shouldn't mention you either, should I? Okay, Jesus comes up with several of these, and I'm going to look at three R's this morning. The first one is refocus, okay? Refocus. So in other words, refresh or refocus. We're going to look at two of these, and they're linked to our thoughts, and they address some misinterpretations by the Pharisees. So the first bit, and hopefully the verses will be up, Matthew chapter 5, verses 21 to 26. Again, this is all Jesus speaking. This is like somebody sat in his church meeting and wrote the notes, okay? You have heard that it was said to the people long ago, you shall not murder. And anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. Do we agree with that one? Yeah. You've heard it said, don't murder. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Remember, if you're offended, it's Jesus you're offended with, okay? Anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to a brother or sister, Raka, we'll come to that, is answerable to the court. And anyone who says, you fool, will be in danger of the fire of hell. This is serious, okay? Serious stuff. Therefore, 
If you are offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to them and come and offer your gift. Settle matters quickly with your adversary who is taking you to court. Do it while you are still together on the way or your adversary may hand you over to the judge and the judge may hand you over to the officer and you may be thrown into prison. Truly I tell you, you will not get out until you have paid the last penny. So the refresh part is our thoughts. We've got to refresh our thinking. We've got to take every thought captive. Don't let the plane land. Don't allow it to land and taxi to the terminal. We need to refresh. We need to refocus our minds. Bible says, be transformed by the renewing of what? Your heart, your body, your exercise regime, your diet. No, be, re- be renewed by the transforming of your mind, renewing, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I'll get there, okay? In this passage, it talks about reconciliation. Do you know, reconciliation is our own responsibility. It is your responsibility and it is my responsibility. It's not the responsibility of the person who's upset us. It's your responsibility, okay? I've got a brother. He's probably going to listen to this, so I've got to be very careful. He's a lovely man. (laughs) He's a wonderful pianist. He's a wonderful teacher. In fact, he's very similar to me, okay? No. (laughs) He's very similar looking to me. If you see a picture of me, my brother, and my dad, we're almost twins. But you know, I have called him some names. Anyone else with siblings? Yeah, ever ever called them a name? Yeah, oh yes. I can remember... One Sunday afternoon, I remember it was specifically Sunday afternoon because we'd sat at the dining table. We all never sat there on a Sunday. And I called him a name that I cannot repeat on this, in this place. I didn't even really know what it meant. But I can remember calling him it and I got sent to my room and I wasn't allowed to leave because I'd got angry with my brother and called him, hmm. Okay, it had two syllables, so that's okay. Not quite as bad as it could have been. But Jesus says, you've heard it said, don't murder. But here he says, don't even think it. Don't even think it because nobody gets up in the morning, I don't think, and goes, I'm going to murder somebody today. It starts with a thought. It starts with a thought that drips, 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 and eventually becomes words and eventually becomes an action. And then it becomes a habit if you're a serial killer. But Jesus says, you've heard it said, don't murder. And the Pharisees were teaching, don't murder. But it's okay to hate somebody because that's not murder. It's okay to be really angry with somebody and, and sort of just detest them. That's what they were doing. They were trying to twist the law. So Jesus is saying, no, you've heard it said, don't murder. But I'm telling you now, if you're actually sticking to the letter of the law, don't even think it. Capture it in your head. Don't be angry. Don't be angry. You know, when we go through this passage, there's three steps to it. It says being angry, there's judgment. Then it says calling your brother Raka or your sister Raka. And by that, it doesn't mean your family. It means your church family, by the way. Your brother or sister. If you call them Raka, that is like saying they're empty-headed or worthless. Worthless. Is that what God says? No, God says, who the sun sets free is free indeed. I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. I don't think he wrote the song, 
but that was his sentiment. So when you call your brother or sister worthless, you're saying something that isn't of God. Yeah? When you think that, you're thinking something that isn't of God. And actually, it says in the passage, you go to a court for judgment, a lower court for judgment. So actually, the the punishment increases. Then it says, you fool. Anyone ever called anybody a fool? (laughs) Maybe when you're driving. Yeah, okay. It's usually the common place, isn't it? Yeah, some people are laughing and shrugging, turning to each other there and going, oh, yes, it was only just this morning on the way to church when I couldn't park my car. Do you know, to us, fool seems like a very light thing, doesn't it? But in their culture, the word that's used here was actually the equivalent of moron. (laughs) But basically, it was a curse. You were damning somebody to hell. So you were saying, first of all, I'm angry with them. There's your thought. Then you're calling them a name that's worthless, that's not of God. Then you're saying, I'm damning you to hell. Well, do you know what? That's not your place to do. So that's why Jesus comes in here and says, you've heard it said don't murder. I'm saying, grab that thought and get rid of it. Take that thought captive. Don't even get angry. Deal with it. Reconcile. Reconcile. It was a curse on people. Psalm 14 verse 1 says, the fool says in his heart, there is no God. So if you call someone a fool, you're basically saying they can't possibly know God. Do you get the idea? But where does it start? It starts there. So this morning, if you hear nothing else that I've got to say or that I believe God's laying on us is, you've got to get your thinking right. You've got to stop thinking the wrong things. You've got to capture them. Sometimes it'll be like a text message. Ding! You know, you know when you're in a meeting, you've got to turn your phone off and it goes, ding, you know. Or I was talking to someone the other day and I had hold of my phone and accidentally recorded our conversation and sent it to a WhatsApp group. I did delete it, so it was okay. Fortunately, <laughs> fortunately it wasn't too juicy. It was fine. It wasn't with Roz. No, it was... <laughs> Don't, let's, sorry, I was... Anyway, let's, let's move on very swiftly. Sorry. <laughs> I've got distracted then. Where was I? Okay. But actually, you know that text message that goes ding, ding, ding? Sometimes you can't help a thought, can you? You can't help it. But do you know what the Bible says? Take it captive. As soon as that ding goes off, delete it. As soon as the text message, as soon as the phone vibrates, ding, delete it. Don't start reading the message. You don't start paying attention to the message. You don't start dwelling on the message because actually that's when it starts becoming action or it becomes words, yeah? Take it captive. Ding, stop. Yeah? Get your phone to send it to the spam file. Don't read it. Don't dwell on it. Basically, the words here are meaning that you've got an empty life. You've got no God. You're just a fool. You're a clown. And then he goes on to say, if you're at the altar, remember. If you're at the altar. Now, the altar was in the inner court, in the inner temple. That was at the point where you came to give a sacrifice for your sin, to say sorry to God. So it says if you're at that place where you're about to say sorry to God and you realise somebody's got an issue with you, drop everything. Deal with the issue. Because in that place, they would sacrifice a lamb that was without spot or blemish. Yeah, you know this? Yeah? So they would examine their lamb to make sure it didn't have marks on it, to make sure it was a healthy lamb because they wanted to give their best to God. So if you're at the altar... 
wanted to give your best to God and all of a sudden you realise somebody has an issue with you. Notice it's not you have an issue with somebody. Let's get that straight. Somebody has an issue with you. You've found a spot or a blemish. You need to go and sort it out. Drop everything. Deal with it. Because otherwise it starts dwelling on your thoughts and when it dwells on your thoughts, it becomes a word, it becomes an action, it becomes a habit, it becomes your character. Take it captive. So we need to examine ourselves. And if there's something you need to put right, drop everything to get it done. Otherwise, you know what? We'll see it. There are people, you know, I've done it, where you hold on to something because somebody has got an issue with you or because you've got an issue with somebody. How much more do we need to drop everything if we've got an issue with somebody? Because <laughs> actually, if we've got an issue with somebody, we can do something about that because that's our issue. It's harder if they've got an issue with us. It's much harder. But God says, Jesus says, you've heard it said. <laughs> Drop everything and sort it out. Deal with it in love. If you remember someone is upset with you, deal with it. Not if you have beef with that person. It's talking about brothers and sisters, this. This is talking about family, church family and the saints. Let me ask you, what do you really think about the people sitting next to you this morning? Ooh. Well, there's a few people turning to each other now going, oh, I feel, I feel like I'm, I've been undressed. They can't see what you're thinking about them. They can't read your minds. But if they could, what would they think? Hey? I'd be interested to know what you think about me. But hey, don't tell me because I'll just cry. But what do we really think? Here's your prayer for this morning. Ask God to help you see every single person with his eyes. Because do you know what? He loves them just as much as he loves you. Ask God to show you how much he loves the person that you've got an issue with. Ask God to show you what he thinks about that person who's upset you or hurt you. Or is upset. Because do you know what? God loves them. And the more we can have that mind of Christ Jesus, that attitude of him, then we'll start to see transformation. Matthew chapter 18, verses 15 to 17, talk about how we should deal with things. It says, if your brother or sister sins, go and point out their fault just between the two of you. That's hard work. That doesn't mean go, right, okay, Johnny, your dress sense is rubbish. It's not that. It's if there's an issue that you see them and it's doing it in a way that's in relationship. You're not just thinking, right, who can I go and put right today? That's what the Pharisees did. You're thinking about your friends, your family, your brothers and sisters. If they're doing something that's not great, take them to one side and gently talk to them and say, look, this isn't what God wants. I know because it says it in the Bible. And it says, go and speak to them between the two of them. If they won't listen to you, or sorry, if they listen to you, you've won them over. But if they will not listen, take one or two others along so that the every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. So if it firstly don't succeed... Try again, unless it's parachuting. If you don't succeed at that, don't try again. If they still refuse to listen, tell it to the church. Now that's a bit heavy, isn't it? <laughs> and if they refuse to listen, I don't think that by that it means drag everyone up to the front and tell everybody here, excuse me, this person's done this and I've tried. I've talked to them on my own and then I've took somebody else with me to sort them out. But do you know what? They've not listened, so I'm telling you. That's not what it's talking about. It's saying talk to somebody in leadership in the church who you trust confidentially to sort it out. If they refuse to listen even to the church, 
then pretty much treat them as, as you would a tax collector, it says. In other words, you, you can't do any more. You can't do any more. Don't go around everyone else. <laughs> That's the message. Don't go around everybody. Go straight to the source and deal with the problem. But you know, the source initially is actually up here. Deal with your thoughts. Hosea chapter 6, verse 6, and Jesus quoted this somewhere. He says, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. If you're at the altar making a sacrifice, giving God your best this morning, raising your hands, worshipping, and actually you've not sorted issues out, deal with it. Deal with it. Because he desires mercy, not sacrifice. He wants us to be right. He wants us to be merciful. Because ritualistic sacrifice without relationship with God is pointless. It's pointless. Second example in this is with an adversary. It talks about an opponent in court. So we've talked about how you deal with, you've heard it said don't murder or get angry with a brother or sister. Now this is an adversary. This is an opponent. This is an enemy. It says deal with it. Murder wasn't just an outward act. It starts in your hearts. Whether it's your brother or sister here, or whether it's somebody who you see as an opponent, sort it out. If you need help, find someone you trust to deal with it and deal with it quickly. The second thing, and I'm going to finish quite quickly now, don't worry. The second thing is this. It says, verses 27 to 30 says this, You have heard that it was said... You shall not commit adultery. But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it away. It's better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to go into hell. So we've had refocus. Refocus your thoughts Reconcile, reconcile your relationships. And finally, we have radical. Be radical. Some people, when they talk about this, say it's not the first look that's the problem, it's the second look. You know, lustful thoughts. We're dealing this morning, Jesus says, deal with anger and deal with lust because they're both massive problems. And they start up here. Deal with anger, deal with lust. It's not the first look that counts, some people say. It's the second look. But then some people would just say, well, I'll just keep staring. Because then it's just one long look. <laughs> that is what the Pharisees were trying to do. Twist things, make it so that it was okay. You know, adultery wasn't as simple as an outward observance. It wasn't just the physical act. It starts in the heart and in your thoughts. Do you know, I've heard of some couples talking of having an allowed list where they talk about, you know, if this celebrity came on the scene, you're allowed to go off with them. That's not what this is about. Love is about one and one making three. Because it's you, your partner, and God. That's what God said is the best. But anyway. <laughs> but some couples talk of having an allowed list. It's okay, they're married, it's fine. God made sex, he made it to be a joyful thing. Let's not get embarrassed about it. Sorry, Paul, you're now embarrassed about it, but hey. <laughs> or maybe you and your partner, maybe you and your couple, whatever, maybe you've talked about which celebrities you fancy or which other. Don't. 
Because actually you just started a thought in your mind that's going to lead to a word, that's going to lead to an action, that's going to lead to a habit, that's going to lead to a character. Because it all starts up here. So if you start saying, I've given you permission, you're opening a can of worms. You're opening a can of worms. It may seem harmless, but it starts as a fantasy and becomes an issue. It begins a process of heart attitude. You know, I need to say this as well. Adultery isn't simply taking somebody who's already married. It's not about going off with somebody who's already married. If you're not married to them, then they might become married to somebody else. So you committed adultery. (laughs) End of. That's what Jesus said. One and one is the ideal. We used to, with the young people, get a sticking plaster and put it on their arm and rip it off. It was okay. We gave permission. And eventually, if you keep doing that, what happens? It loses its stickiness. It loses its purpose. It won't do the thing it's supposed to do. That's an illustration for what happens. And the world is saying, no, go on, sleep around, do this. Have sex with whoever you want. That's losing the purpose of what it's for. It's meant to be intimate. It's meant to be a joyful thing. It's meant to be something that's precious. And yet, the world's turned that upside down and said, do what you like. Do what's good. It's not God's best. It's not what he designed. But do you know what? There's forgiveness. There's mercy. There's grace. But we need to be changed. It's not what it's about. So I need to say this. If you're sleeping around, it needs to stop. That's what Jesus says. If you're sleeping around, it has to stop. That's not Johnny Harrison talking. It has to stop. Because you are hurting yourself. You're damaging yourself. You're damaging. And actually, whatever the world says isn't right. There's hundreds of people who will tell you how damaging it is. Because it has to happen in a covenant relationship. It has to happen in a place of promise. It has to help in a place, happen in a place of safety. Jesus says this, if your eye causes you a problem, pull it out. If your hand causes you a problem, cut it off. He didn't literally mean do it. Because actually, if you lost both your eyes, you would still have the thoughts that aren't right. If you lost both your hands, you would still probably do things you shouldn't do. Jesus just says, deal radically. Cut it off. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Not because he's a killjoy, but because he loves joy. He wants you to have joy and live life to the full. The Pharisees were saying, so long as you don't go this far, you'll be okay. Jesus says, no, actually, that's not the purpose. I've come to fulfil the law. Jesus calls us to high standards, not just trying to bend the rules, to be more like Jesus. But we can't do it alone. So this morning, whatever situation you're in, it's not just about the rules. It's about the Redeemer. It's about the one who came to save. The one who says, come to me, all who are weary, I'll give you rest. Come to me, I'll forgive you. Come to me, I'll be merciful. Come to me, I'll give you life and life to the full. Come to me and I'll give you joy. You know, the world is full of very sad, lonely people, even though they're in relationship after relationship after relationship. You need to be in a relationship with him. And then it flows from that. You have heard it said what Jesus says. He says, refocus your thoughts. Don't just deal with the outward actions because by then, if it becomes an outward action, it's a bit late. It starts in your head.
It starts in your thoughts. Jesus says, reconcile to others. Don't delay. Drop everything. Deal with the issue. Not that you have with others, but the things that maybe they're upset with you. Try and come to a, a place where you can do that. And finally, he says, be radical with dealing with those thoughts and actions. Why? Because the consequences are far better if you do. Because the outcome is far better if you do. Jesus died to forgive us. You know, there is no judgment. When I said, if you're sleeping around, stop. It's not me saying you're a naughty person. You'll always be a naughty person. It's me saying, stop, because it's not best. Jesus said, I died for you. I love you. Come to me. I'll forgive you. I'll wipe the slate clean. The past will be in the past. You can't change it, but the future can be everything. The question this morning is, do you want everything? Or do you want to stay stuck with the past? Has the past been good? If you're not a Christian today, if you've spent a life chasing after the next drug, chasing after the next high, chasing after the next relationship, if that's been your life, has it worked so far? Maybe you need to start chasing after the one who made you. Chasing after the one who has paid the price for you. Chasing after the one who can do something about your past and transform your future. Because that's what we're here to do as church. The rules, they build character. They give us a guideline of where to go. Because it's what God says is going to be best for us. It will bring joy, it will bring life. But you need the Redeemer. Let's pray. We're going to take communion in a moment, which is where we remember the sacrifice given. So if while we're doing this, you need to think of what Jesus did. The Redeemer, he died. He gave his body, his blood for you so that you could be forgiven. But those verses we've read this morning means sort out your thought life. Maybe you need to do that right now, right here. That might be difficult. Maybe it might be between you and God. Maybe it's between you and somebody else. Don't do it in the front, but do it at the side. But our prayer team are going to be out the sides and the back. Maybe you have been damaging yourself with your relationships. Maybe you've been taking for granted the physical side of things without the spiritual side of things. If that's you, go and speak to one of the prayer team. If you want to go somewhere private, there's space upstairs or out the front that they can go to. But I want to say, deal with it today. Deal with it today. Sort it out. And don't allow it to creep back in. We're going to take communion. We're going to, we're going to sing and we're going to fix our eyes on Jesus. And this morning, just know he is the one who can change everything.